Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 188. Cracked the window open a few inches, enough for fresh air to get in, enough for the cat to be able to get out onto the balcony outside. He turned on the bedside lamp, climbed into bed, and read for a little, trying to turn off his mind, to get the last few days out of his head, picking the dullest-looking articles in the dullest-looking digests. He noticed he was falling asleep halfway through I Am John's Pancreas. He barely had time enough to turn out the bedside light and put his head down on the pillow before his eyes closed for the night. Later, he was never able to recollect the sequences and details of that dream. Attempts to remember it produced nothing more than a tangle of dark images underexposed in the dark room of his mind. There was a girl. He had met her somewhere, and now they were walking across a bridge. It spanned a small lake in the middle of a town. The wind was ruffling the surface of the lake, making waves tipped with white caps which seemed to shadow to be tiny hands reaching for him. Down there, said the woman. She was wearing a leopard print skirt which flapped and tossed in the wind, and the flesh between the top of her stockings and her skirt was creamy and soft, and in his dream on the bridge before God and the world, Shadow went down to his knees in front of her, burying his head in her crotch, drinking in the intoxicating jungle female scent of her. He became aware in his dream of his erection in real life, a rigid, pounding, monstrous thing as painful in its hardness as the erections he'd had as a boy, when he was crashing into puberty with no idea of what the unprompted rigidities were, knowing only that they scared him. He pulled away and looked upward, and still he could not see her face, but his mouth was seeking hers, and her lips were soft against his, and his hands were cupping her breasts, and then they were running across the satin smoothness of her skin, pushing into and parting the furs that hid her waist, sliding into the wonderful cleft of her which warmed and wetted and parted for him, opening to his hand like a flower. The woman purred against him ecstatically, her hand moving down to the hardness of him and squeezing it. He pushed the bed sheets away, and that's our page. You'll have to wait for tomorrow to be able to finish. I apologize. Shadow's method for confronting, or maybe more accurately avoiding, traumatic memories is similar to mine. Cool air and something to read to shut my brain up for a few minutes. Though lately it's been podcast research more than actual reading, but still, I know this feeling, Shadow. The articles are correctly named as I Am Joe's Pancreas in the original edition of the novel, but was changed to I Am John's Pancreas in the 10th anniversary edition. These pieces were part of a series known as I Am Joe's Body, articles dealing with the various parts of human anatomy written by J.D. Radcliffe. There were more than 30 entries in the series, including the pancreas, mentioned on the page. Don't bother looking it up for yourself. It is remarkably boring and would put almost anyone to sleep, I imagine. But once again... Why was this changed in the 10th anniversary edition? I know they were going off of the, was it Cemetery House? Nope, that's someone else. Hill House? I think it's Hill House production of the novel. But if it was correct in the original edition, why change it? Did they have some ability to look it up and found a reference to John instead of Joe in the original articles that I couldn't find? I don't know, and it really bugs me for absolutely no reason. Shadow Dreams, though. And it's another dream where Shadow is presented with a prophecy. A woman takes him to a bridge in the middle of a town, and the waves on the lake make it look like small hands reaching up. This is a big hint towards a scene from the very end of the novel, but it happens so quickly that I'd be amazed if you remembered it by the end. Also, Shadow thinks of the woman as a girl, and once again I am forced to ask, is this Neil Gaiman or is this Shadow? Shadow is definitely good at 
I don't want to say infantilizing because I don't know if that's the right word, but it's the one that's been popping around in my head since I read the page whenever I made these notes two weeks ago. And it bugs the shit out of me. I absolutely despise when grown women are referred to as girls, unless it's part of your kink. I just, yeah, it, it bugged me when I made the notes, and it bugged me again as I was reading it out loud for today's episode. Girls are girls. Women are women. Let's not cross the two, please. In the way of dreams, Shadow goes from noticing the small hands in the caps of the waves to burying his face in the crotch of a woman in broad daylight, and then he and the woman are making love, and he's pushing the sheets away from the bed, seemingly indicating that this is happening in both the dream and the real world. Shadow's puberty boners are discussed, and it's remarkable to me how sheltered I felt as a child, and yet how I was still given a book that gave me a whole lot more detail than apparently what Shadow got as a kid. At least was never afraid of my erections. Is that true? As far as I remember, that's true, but this is not a podcast for me to discuss my erections. You'll have to tune in for the James Boner Hour at a later date. I wonder, though, if this has more to do with the fact that Shadow's mother would have been sick by this point in his life, more than any prudish tendencies she may have had, although it very much could be that. It is not always easy to talk to your children about sex and erections and various other things of that of that ilk. Then again, Shadow is a good two decades older than I am, so attitudes as he was growing up would be different than they would have been when I was his age. I'd put the novel at 2000, 2001 maybe when it's occurring, so Shadow would have been around 13 or 14 in the late 70s to early 80s, which I guess could really go either way. Also of note, the woman indicates down there, and instead of thinking bottom of the lake, Shadow thinks sex organs. I mean, I know Shadow has not been laid in three years, at least as far as we know, but damn, man. Fuck, Shadow, I just can't with you sometimes. Okay, going on. Well, there's nowhere to go to, because it's the end of the page. I don't really have anything else to discuss. Is this a dream? Is it reality? Is it a mix of the two? Is it both simultaneously? Tomorrow's episode should be able to shed some light on the whole thing, I think. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetail at gmail.com and on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember, only the gods are real.